Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Bridge the Atlantic. We are your hosts, Ross Barber. And Marciana Valley. And today we have Rhiannon and Pete from Rita Payne with us. How are you guys? Very well, thank you. Good, thank you guys. Awesome. Um, what we like to do, we like to start the interview off by asking you to tell us three things that uh, we don't know about you. So I think what we'll probably do is have both of you do this individually. So okay. whoever wants to start, go ahead. Oh, no. You start. Everybody, oh no. Something that people don't know about you, like literally no one could guess these things about you. Um, oh God, yeah, well, you would know. I, went, <laughs> <laughs> I got called Jonathan Creek at school all mm. the time because of my hair. Um, I'm an absolute peanut butter addict. <laughs> and um, everyone knows I'm gay, so I don't know. Um, <laughs> I read the bio. <laughs> Yeah, look, look, look what I'm wearing, yeah. yeah. Um, Pete, you'll go. That's not three. Is no, that, is that, is, you're going to use no, your gay as three? No, no, I'm thinking. Okay. Well, my three, no one knows about me, are I created a replica Batcave from Batman Forever in my bedroom when I was about oh, seven. Good one, good using one. Using cardboard boxes <laughs> under my desk. Um, and I even gave my next-door neighbour a torch, which I permanent markered the bat signal on. So if there was ever... Like a crime in the village, <laughs> she could shine that through my window to let me know, and I would go to my cardboard bat cave. That's good. And, and, and you know, get dressed up in the requisite clothes. My mate was Robin, but I didn't actually have a Robin outfit. What well, I actually you did, had a Batman outfit. I had a Batman outfit, of course. But I did. But I, my Robin outfit was just a red red t shirt and green chucky bottoms. So that's one thing. I had I had a cardboard bat cave. Casual Robin. Yeah. That, uh, that's reminded me of my third. Okay, do your third now then. You know, like a, a slide that you'd get um, in the garden that your, your parents would buy you. Um, my sister and I used to act out the scene in The Lion King where Scar drops Mufasa down the uh, down the ravine on the slide. How old was your sister when she did that? My sister was about seven. And you, you were like fourteen. Yes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you were the culprit. I got it. I get it. <laughs> true. Yeah. Very true. So everyone else in school is trying alcohol for the first time and mm. you were doing long live the king down your slide yes that's that's, that's good <laughs> yeah um what's another thing um i gave up cheese for uh, like six months and milk because i thought i was lactose intolerant he's not lactose and i wasn't <laughs> that's 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 kind of annoying as well because i <laughs> see around and eating cheese and i made like a homemade pizza with lactose free cheese it was horrible no that was annoying for me yeah, yeah. So I thought I was lactose intolerant, <laughs> but I'm not. No tolerance for that lactose. <laughs> and uh, and the third one that no one would know about me is, um, uh, oh, you know swimming pools. I am incredible at diving in the swimming pool. 
that's like a hidden talent. I can dive like a can you? yeah. I can like those. Uh, what they call swan diving. <laughs> I'm really good at doing that. Yeah, when you like stretch like that. Okay. I'm really, really good. I showed you what we went to. I don't remember. I jumped over your head. (laughs) You you guys, I've got this vision for your next music video here, where you're jumping and swan diving into a pool right over her head. You there go. It's perfect. You you can be playing the guitar in the water. Yes, there you go. Yeah, yeah, that would work. But yeah, those are our three. Over and over again. Yeah, you guys oh. need your own show. I think I think they need. I know. Send back. Can we be your guest? <laughs> Welcome to Bridge the Atlantic. We are your hosts, Ross Barber and Marciana Valley. And today we have Rhiannon and Pete from Rita Payne with us. How are you guys? Very well, thank you. Good, thank you, guys. Awesome. Um, what we like to do, we like to start the interview off by asking you to tell us three things that uh, we don't know about you. So I think what we'll probably do is have both of you do this individually. So okay. whoever wants to start, go ahead. Oh, go no. On, you start. Everybody, oh, no. Something that people don't know about you, like literally no one could guess these things about you. Um, oh, God. Yeah, well, you would know. I went... <laughs> <laughs> I got called Jonathan Creek at school all mm. the time because of my hair. Um, I'm an absolute peanut butter addict. <laughs> and um, everyone knows I'm gay, so I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I read the bio. <laughs> yeah, look at what I'm wearing, yeah. yeah. Um, Pete, you'll go. That's not three. Is that, that, is that, is, you're going to use no. your gay as the no, three? No, no, I'm thinking. <laughs> okay. Well, my three, no one knows about me. Are I created a replica Batcave from Batman Forever in my bedroom when I was about oh, seven good one, good using one. cardboard boxes <laughs> under my desk. Um, and I even gave my next door neighbor a torch which I permanent marked the bat signal on. So if there was ever like a crime in the village, <laughs> she could shine that through my window to let me know. And I would go to my cardboard Batcave. That's good. And, and, you know, get dressed up in the requisite clothes. My mate was Robin, but I didn't actually have a Robin outfit. What I actually <laughs> you just, had a Batman outfit. I had a Batman outfit, of course. But I did. But I, my Robin outfit was just a red red T-shirt and green Chucky bottoms. So that's one thing. I had I had a cardboard back. Casual Robin. Yeah. That, uh, that's reminded me of my third. Okay, do your third now, then. You know, like a, a slide that you'd get um, in the garden that your parents would buy you. Um, my sister and I used to act out the scene in The Lion King where Scar drops Mufasa down the uh, down the ravine on the slide. How old was your sister when she did that? My sister was about seven. And you, you were like fourteen. Yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, you were the culprit. I got it. I get it. True. Yeah. Very true. So, anyone else in school is trying alcohol for the first time, and mm. you were doing "Long Live the King" down your slide. Yes. That's, that's, that's affirmative. Yeah. Um, what's another thing? Um, I gave up cheese for like six months and milk because I thought I was lactose intolerant. He's not lactose intolerant. And I wasn't. <laughs> that's, that's, that's kind of annoying as well because I <laughs> see Rihanna eating cheese and I made like a homemade pizza with lactose free cheese. It was horrible. No, that was annoying for me. Not even. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I thought I was lactose intolerant, <laughs> but I'm not. No tolerance for that lactose. <laughs> and uh, and the third one that no one would know about me is um, 
Uh, oh, you know swimming pools? I am incredible at diving in the swimming pool. That's just like a hidden talent. I can dive like a... Can you? Yeah. I can... Like, those, uh, what are they called? Swan diving. <laughs> I'm really good at doing that. Yeah. When you like stretch like that. Okay. I'm really, really good. You I showed have... you what we went to. I don't remember. I jumped over your head. <laughs> okay. you, know, you guys, I, I've got this vision for your next music video here, where you're jumping and swan diving into a pool right over her head. I think it's you perfect. Go. It's perfect. You, you can be playing the guitar in the yes, water. Yes, there you go. Yeah, yeah, that would work. But yeah, those are our three over things. and over again. Yeah, you guys need your own show. I think I think <laughs> they need. I know. A show. I'm sitting back. Can we be your guests? <laughs> <laughs> So when we, Marcio and I were talking earlier and, um, and he was asking how you guys got your name and I know that it's a combination somewhat between your first names, mm. but I couldn't remember the actual story. So if you can tell us the story behind Rita Payne. The story behind Rita Payne is you're, you're absolutely right about the, uh, about the first names. That's Peter and Rhiannon makes Rita. Um, Rhiannon and I, when we were um, so 16, we were in a, a classic rock band. And two absolute fail-safes at every gig we had were our dads. Mm. Um, Rhiannon's dad is called Rainer, and my dad's called Pete. So what we did, we combined their names. So we've got the P and the E, the prefix and the suffix of the pain, and the A-Y- N bit is the middle bit of Rhiannon's name, which is the first part of my first and last bit of my dad's name, and the middle bit of Rhiannon's dad's name, which makes the pain. But that's not what Pete tells people when they ask. No, I don't. Because <laughs> um, that is lengthy and boring. Incredibly boring. <laughs> Dull. He's uh, decided to tell everybody that asks, he tells them a different story. Um, even at the same gig, people will come after us, <laughs> come up to speak to us after a gig, and mm. the, the person next in line, he'll tell different stories to, and they're like, hold on, that's not what you told me. <laughs> yeah, so every time, but what we decided was that every time we were asked that, we'd, um, we'd change, we'd take, it in turns. we'd take it in turns. But this is what Rhiannon does every time. Um, they say, how, do you, how are you called Rita Payne? And Rhiannon goes, Pete. <laughs> so I have to then think of a new story. So Ellen drops me every time. Um, but so far, our stories have included that she is a, um, an, a waitress from Hong Kong, um, someone that Rhiannon witnessed rescue a baby uh, from a jaws of a crocodile. That's a good one. Um, like and a geisha girl, mm. and also um, a Aboriginal word for pay. For um, what did I say? It was an Aboriginal word for something. I can't remember. We said, we said it was an <laughs> Aboriginal phrase or something. Um, and yeah, so we, we try and make it up, really. But the real reason is that it's our first names and our first names of our dads, really. Mm. I love it. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad someone does. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys were recently on The Voice? Yeah. It, fe- it, when it was aired last summer, May. was it? Last May, sorry. Right. Yeah, it was May uh, and then recorded the previous Christmas before then, so it feels like a lifetime ago. Oh, I bet, uh, yeah. Actually, yeah. just uh, just just over a year ago, we, it was on yeah, yeah. Um, which was exciting mm. at the time. The whole process, we just fell into it. We really, really did just total accident. Yeah, we, we didn't really mean to go on the Voice, but we ended up being on the Voice. Yeah, that's, that's genuinely what happened. <laughs> you were just looking for the washroom, and you, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who are these yeah. judges? Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, we kept. We just kept. There's a, a load of auditions before we actually get onto the onto the telly, and we were convinced that we wouldn't get through any rounds, and we kept getting through rounds, and we kept thinking it was like a joke because <laughs> we play a suitcase. Yeah, what happened was a friend of ours um, was had told us that he was auditioning for it, uh, and he's kind of said, yeah, you know, it's, it's in uh, it's in Manchester, the first audition. Uh, if you're not doing anything, why don't you come along and you give it a go as well? Mm. So we. Thought, yeah, all right, we'll we'll try it. You know, mm. see, you never know who you're going to meet and all the rest of it. So we did, and then as Pete said, we just kind of stumbled through the rounds and ended up uh, in the in the TV studio doing it, um, which yeah. was incredible. It was, it was really an cool, absolutely yeah. amazing experience, but but we felt um, like frauds all the way through because <laughs> we there were people there. Uh, a really good example of of us sort of not really feeling like we fit in was before you go on to the telly you get a little a bit of time in a practice booth to do your do your warm-ups or whatever and our booth is right in the middle of about four and all we could hear was like people going the voices like that and um there's a piano in there and we just started starting playing the grease soundtrack and singing to that um and we then we've stopped it because we were really getting into it like, oh, Sandy, baby. Right, all that, right? <laughs> and, uh, that good. and uh, then we stopped. And we realised that kind of everyone else had stopped. And we were like, oh, no, shit. No. <laughs> yeah. 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 So we, we, we felt that we were a little bit uh, fraudulent being there. But we, we were there and it was, it, was, it was good. It was really good fun. What was it like the, during the actual performance, the final performance you guys had? Difficult actually because of a few things. The um, monitors, just practical things really. Like the monitors are under the floor, obviously because for television everything's got to look slick. So the monitors are under there, and the when we walk out, the the in studio audience are um, they, they sort of get on their feet and applaud you as you come out. And combined with that and the monitor being under the floor, I couldn't hear we couldn't hear what we were playing at all. So it's really difficult to kind of know what where you are and what you were doing. Um so practically it was quite tough, but the whole experience was amazing. It was I just it just felt like a wall of noise hitting mm. you in the face. And it felt like you were trying to sing against the wall. Mm. It was really odd. And I remember when they all turned around, because obviously none of them turned around for the actual performance but at the end they all turn around and tell you why you're rubbish um, <laughs> and true they all turned around and I just remember thinking they looked like cardboard cutouts yeah. I remember thinking like you're all there but it still felt like they were on a telly screen mm. yeah. yeah it was really odd it was really bizarre a bizarre thing I got a kiss for kissing a cuddle from Tom Jones there so I was pretty you happy did. with that was... <laughs> you did yeah so were you still in contact with anyone um, that you met during the process? I, I think I remember there being sort of Twitter conversations going on between you and some of the other contestants, but you still in touch with some of them? Yeah, we, um, we uh, only sporadically, because obviously um, we're all doing different things, but the, the one, uh, I would say, true friend we made on The Voice was, the, was Joe Apostle, who mm-hmm. got to the semi-final, I believe. Mm. Um, and he was uh, the nicest guy. <laughs> just he was uh, just nice. I know you're not supposed to describe people as nice or anything as nice, but he was just nice. <laughs> I can't believe how friendly that guy was, and so humble. And he had the voice of someone that wasn't us. Um, he had just an incredible <laughs> voice. 
and was so humble about it. I didn't realise he had a great voice. No, he had no idea. You know when you, you meet people with true talent and they are... Clueless. There's no ego, and yeah, he had no idea. Clueless that he was like an absolute vocal superstar. So endearing, but yeah, but yeah. we keep in touch with Joe uh, every now and again, you know, on uh, on Instagram and on the yeah. rest of it. So, uh, which is it's lovely, yeah. It is lovely because, like we say, he's the nicest guy in the world. So, so would you do it again? Um, I don't think so. No, not 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 for any um, other reason that we we've got some good stuff going on. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I don't think that we would do it again because, as well, I think we're both believers in in well, you've tra- that that path's been trodden. So yeah, yeah, you know, don't don't ret- retrace your steps. Well, so. isn't insanity doing the same thing, expecting different results? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. It's not Einstein thing. said that, right? Uh, yeah. 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 yeah, that's right. yeah. <laughs> oh, Marcus, is it? Yeah. Right? Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, so I don't think we, I don't think we do it again, but we certainly wouldn't discourage others from doing it mm. in any way. I'm personally not really into those shows, but I, I do have much more respect for the voice because, like you said, it's, it seems to be based on just the voice and and hearing it from two people who actually have done it, and to hear that you mm. guys had such a great experience because I know people who have gone on American Idol as well as Canadian Idol or America's Got Talent or any of those shows. And nine times out of ten, it's not a positive experience for them. So that's really interesting. Mm. Yeah, really cool. yeah, really cool. Yeah, so and you guys were also you guys were also commissioned to write the official anthem for Doncaster. We were. We were. Tell us about that, please. <laughs> yeah, um, so I don't really know how that came about. Um, our agent that we had at the time rang us up and said, "Do you want to write this song?" And we said, "Yeah." So she said, "Go on then." <laughs> so we did, and uh, that was kind of uh, what happened with that. It, it was it was a um, a brand new. A multi-million pound um, arts centre. Uh, for one, that's also known colloquially as a theatre. I don't know why I said arts centre. Um, <laughs> a big theatre was opening um, in Doncaster, and it was quite big news because um, it was it was arts council funded, and it was yeah. a, a big deal. And they had this big opening, and we was we uh, were commissioned to write the official anthem for the opening. Um, and on the day it was um, we had a choir behind us and a, and a full band um, and it was a really really special day there's thousands of people there literally um, and we just had really good fun doing it um, and it was it was a really nice experience like Pete said we were, we were given um, given free reign to to teach this choir our, our song that we'd created mm. and we were given the choice of any musicians we want to work with to um within reason not within, like right. yeah bon jovi or anything Paul McCartney like. comes out yeah <laughs> you know yeah I'm like, I, mad, you didn't want bon jovi i though, was did you? busy when he was free so. yeah that's that yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that, right it um, always happens always right I wanna... yeah because we'd, we'd done we played doncaster to death to death you know we played pubs and clubs for a good six months pretty much solidly um and this was kind of the first time one of the first times that we kind of felt elevated from the the pub scene yeah. to to doing this actually for for a living so right. it was um that was one of the first steps towards that which was really nice what did that feel like um do you see what that, what does that feel yeah, like? What did, what did that feel like to make that jump? To feel like oh. you know now you're you're taking that step up, right? It, it was a, a huge sense of achievement and something. I mean, Pete and I always try and 
remember what has happened because it's easy to get carried away with things and we try and remember you know the, the things we were doing this time last year or you know yes. to kind of mark our progress and that was one of the big that was one of the big ones and I think it's just so nice for people to pay for a ticket to come and sit down and actually listen to you and enjoy your music rather than you being a distraction in a pub you know yeah you know you feel like you're <laughs> oh, yeah. you're the pain you know you feel like you're the invading their enjoyment of their pub experience sometimes and and it was just it was just a nice change a nice breather to have people enjoy our music yeah um, and and it, we we were kind of we couldn't believe really that you know, at that kind of point, because we just we just got out of playing pubs and things like that, and it was still one of those times where, oh wow, people are actually listening to us. You know, people are actually listening to the sounds we make and not talking to their mates about how many puppies the dogs just had. Um, <laughs> so it was really nice to to, um, to to do that, and and yeah, and we. But the thing is that we, what we both do, and, and we've we've actually discussed this today. We we kind of don't get our hopes up for anything because right at the beginning we we would get our hopes up daily mm, you know yeah. uh, just just getting a gig at the local pub was massive for us um and we we always say well you know that we we don't want to when we get something good we don't want to you know forget what it what we've been yeah. through to get there, so yeah. we um, we always try and maintain a certain level of uh, of groundedness. Mm. Uh, where, I love, what, I love what you said because um, <clears throat> I always say, as an independent artist, for every thousand setbacks, there'll be one one tiny little thing exactly. that propels you forward. Yeah. So yeah. you know, like you said, when you when you're actually in the moment, it's it's difficult to see where you've come from until you look back a year, or even six months, or two years, and think about where you were back then and how you would have at that moment you know, two years ago, couldn't believe to you'd be where you are now, right? So I think it's so important. It's so important to do that. For the first two months of us being Rita Payne, if if someone had told me then what we'd have achieved by now, I I don't think I'd have believed them. Yeah. I genuinely don't think I'd have believed them. I keep all my um, diaries as well. I've kept the diaries for the past two and a half years, mm. and it's uh, we occasionally have a little look through and see what we've done, and, and it's 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 remarkable, really, what we've done in a short space of time. And Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But hopefully, there's still more to come. Yes. Oh, of course. <laughs> but I, I I believe hard work pays off, and I think. You know, I, I've known you guys for two years, maybe. I think yeah, about yeah, two yeah. years we worked together, and and I know how hard you work. So it's really nice for me to see kind of what's going on for you, and you know, and how you've kind of grown since you know that that first day that I met you on Twitter, and then and now you know things have changed quite a bit. Yeah, in in you know in a good way. Thank you. Has it been that long? <laughs> I think so. I, I, I was, yeah, Marcio and I, yeah, Marcio and I were chatting before and we were trying to figure out how long and I've known Marcio for, it'll be around about the same too, sort yeah. of time. I think mm-hmm. I yeah. met Marcio the same kind of time I met you. So yeah, it would be about two years, I think, about oh two, God. maybe two and a half. Brilliant. Long time. That's <laughs> why, yeah, oh, yeah. It's crazy. Mm. So obviously now you've released your second album. Mm. You did your crowdfunding campaign yeah yeah and i know you 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 exceeded your pledge we did, uh, yeah. target right just about yeah yeah, 
Yeah, that was it. That again was one another moment where we thought uh, it, it was really humbling to think that people would help us out. And there were some people contacted us and said, "We, we are not letting you um, miss your target. Whatever it takes, we're going to donate." So you will. Yeah, there's like, there was like three or four people that. Um, How much do you need? We'll give you whatever you need. Yeah, the, on the, on the, when it got to the, the deadline, we literally had three or four people. Um, so some of which we knew, but some that we didn't. <laughs> saying we've got we're keeping an eye on the time mm. and if it gets to five minutes before the deadline we're we're gonna we're gonna make sure you get your 100 no matter what happens so don't worry we had such support and it was uh, yeah mind blowing really um, that's just amazing yeah it, definitely yeah yeah i mean we we yeah there's no there's nothing really we can say more about that other than it is just incredibly humbling and mm. We're so grateful, like, unbelievably grateful. Well, I got a question for you guys about the avenue you guys decided to use. You went with Pledge Music. I was actually, at, I was at a conference, I think it was last summer in Toronto, a uh, music mm. conference, and crowdfunding came up. Mm. And uh, the, the people that were on the panel were all industry, like, no musicians, they were all industry professionals. And each and every, just about each and every one of them, about five of them, went on about why they hated crowdfunding and you know why don't you just get a job and and support your uh, and i didn't care i just had to tell them i was almost quite i was a bit angry at it i'm like okay first of all this is our jobs like you know yeah. we can't be doing this if we're working a full-time job all the time yeah. you know what i mean yeah and, absolutely yeah and i and i just it, w it was just the idea that they thought it was and they thought it was an artist being lazy and i'm like okay yeah. well, if, if you've got a following it doesn't have to be a large following, but these people like what you're doing. And, yeah. you know, they're willing to just simply give you the money before they get the product. Just the same as yeah. giving you after, but they're giving it to you before so you can go make, you know, I, I hate to say the product, I'm just saying, you know, make your art, you know what I mean? In, in a, in a yeah. consumable way, you know? Why is that a bad idea? <laughs> Maybe because it hurts, it hurts the major music industry. The you thing know. is, yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, like, you wouldn't you wouldn't do it if you didn't have the fans. Exactly. Like, you know, um, we the the reason that we thought about a third album because initially second. the second album, sorry, <laughs> uh, sorry yeah. uh, initially when we were when we were talking about the first album, we said, "Oh, I can't see us releasing an album for another two two and a half years." Mm. And the actual reason that we released the second one when we did was because people said, when's the second album coming out then? When's it coming out? And we realised... Yeah, it feels strange to say, but it felt like there was a bit of demand for it. So yeah, it certainly really... within our fan base, um, there, was, there was people were saying, look, we, need, yeah. can, we don't want a second album. But it kind of came together really naturally, right? quite organically. We, yeah. um, we didn't set out to, to record it uh, no. when we did, no. um, but our, a friend of ours um, had been speaking to a producer in Sheffield um, about us and who was interested to meet us and so he did and then it kind of rolled on from there we didn't we didn't pursue a producer or you know try to start the album or write songs for the album no. it just kind of again it just happened and I think that's the way things happen yeah we just the, 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 our fans were saying where's this album then all of a sudden within the space of a month this producer was interested and all of a sudden we had 12 songs and it was oh yeah, yeah we should probably do this then um, and yeah but going back to what you said Marcia about the old um, the old crowdfunding thing uh, and the jobs like 
we got together as Rita Payne because we couldn't get jobs. Hmm. You know, and that that's literally the reason that we're we're here. It was because neither of us could get a job. I mean, we, we bumped into each other outside the job centre the first time we saw each other in five years. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and when and the reason I think that, as you said earlier, us hard work pays off, like, we've worked so hard to get here. Um, and if we'd have, and like you said, we can't, we can't you can't balance a full-time yeah. salary job with, with this no. job and it's actually so much more work being an independent artist than like, oh. if i weren't an artist i work a nine to five come home and not have to think about work at all like sure yeah. you no know, but as an artist it's it's 24 7 yeah. you go to sleep you dream about it ross knows you know you you dream about it you wake up exactly. the first thing on your mind is what do i have to do today what can i get done today on my yeah. never-ending exactly. list of you know things i need to do right exactly but it's not it's not a matter of complaining about it um it's just a matter of like like we're saying here as independent artists you have to utilize these tools that are out there and not everyone has the luxury of unlimited funds and not everyone has the luxury to be able to work nine to five, you know, every yeah, single yeah. day, but and still make your music <laughs> and, exactly. and still promote it and still, you know, uh, do the, do the whole, the whole shebang, <laughs> exactly. you know? So I think, you know, just to wrap that section up, I think that crowdfunding, and I think we're all in agreement here is an amazing thing that if any uh, independent artists are listening right now or watching that are kind of on the fence about it, do it. Uh, 100%, 100%, yeah. I think it would surprise you as well um, how many people are supportive of your music because uh, mm-hmm. you know, we're unsure about doing it. I think you'd be pleasantly surprised who has heard of your music and who is willing to help. You know, yeah, so, exactly, uh, totally, totally. So, I'll go um, for it. Yeah, 100%. Full steam ahead <laughs> with the crowdfunding. Awesome. So you guys kept something quite secret. Um, your songs are featured in the new KFC campaign. That's right, yeah. And yeah, that so, came out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally blindsided us. Um, so yeah, we're, we're incredibly excited about it. Yeah, pretty pleased with that one. Yeah, it's <laughs> very cool. And it's so cool that it, it kind of came out of nowhere as well. It wasn't you no. chasing an opportunity or anything like that. It was just it, the opportunity came to you. Um, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. You would never think to uh, email KFC and ask to be their sound. You just wouldn't do it, would you? So yeah. it was nice that they found us. Yeah. It seems that... A lot of success seems to come from just being open to opportunities, you know, just kind of putting yourself in a position. I know obviously this was uh, completely unexpected because they searched you on online, but you could have been skeptical about it. Or, you know, the the idea is that you really don't know where opportunities are going to come from. So just keep yourself open to it. Keep yourself open minded. Right. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that when we um, when we started out. We, uh, we looked at other bands that we liked um, and a band that we've been compared to on several occasions, the Civil Wars. And I remember reading an article with them and they said, how did you, how did you get on? And one of the things they said was, uh, no gig is too small. Um, and I think that that's something that we really kind of uh, embraced. So in the first sort of year of our life, we would play anywhere right anywhere that would have us um and there was a gig that we did which we actually did three in one night um because the main one that we were going to do it was just in a pub in doncaster it was cancelled um and from that gig in the back room of a pub the guy that produced our first album saw us 
So if you are, we don't say no to anything until we've thought about it. Because if you say no, that's automatically closing the door, isn't yes. it? Yes. Um, so if you can, if you can, as as a as an independent artist, can have every single door mm. that is surrounding you open, an opportunity could come through it. Yeah. Whereas if you if you think, oh, I'm not going to do that. I'm too big for that now, and, yeah. and shut that door, then you don't know, you don't know what you're shutting the door on. Um, and as well, I think this is quite important for us. We, our music is on so many different websites and different web platforms and mm. um, that we, we forget about. Like, so many people said, oh, we heard you on this. Oh, yeah, we did do that, didn't we? We, we, we did put our music on that. Mm. Um, I can't think of any by name other than, like, SoundCloud and YouTube and things like that. But there are so many different, like, radio stations, internet radio stations that get maybe four hits that, uh, that we've submitted our music to over the years mm. that... If you if you if you put yourself out there, particularly um, online, then I think the sheer volume of stuff that we have online is why KFC found us. Uh, it seems that uh, the success doesn't just come from you know being open to opportunities, but spotting the opportunities too. You know, seeing like you're saying, seeing that no gig is too small, um, mm-hmm. seeing the opportunity in a situation rather than you know turning your nose up at it or thinking like you said you're too big for something yeah. i think that is so important that that shows you know that that keeps you humble you know i i know I, yeah. you guys will probably relate to this other than the odd show that odd larger show like you guys spoke about uh, opening the one uh, the one uh, venue that obviously was an amazing experience some of those smaller shows there's something special about it with very few people and you know it just ends up having this this interesting energy and sometimes you actually do better at a show like that than a show with 10 times <laughs> the amount of people you know, definitely. Yeah, we played we uh, played our fair share of uh, of small small gigs, and it's surprising. You you play something else, a few, maybe half a year down the line, and somebody will come up to you after the gig and say, "You know what? I saw you at so and so," and and you think there was four people. Yeah, there. I was just gonna say, yeah. you were one of four people. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and that's happened to so many yeah. times. We we say about venues that it's not about particularly where you play it's about the sort of energy that you give off and like we've we've been offered we've we've headlined some places and then subsequently been offered support slots at the same places and some people may say well hang on but you 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 support you you've headlined there like why why would you support like a backward step it's like a backward step but we we completely kind of refute that statement because if if you're if you get the opportunity to play with someone that you've never played before they're going to bring an audience they've never seen you before exactly yeah. you know you can't you can't be you can't be um skeptical about any any opportunity that, that gets you in front of people that are going to watch you and gets you working with people like the, some of the artists that we support particularly the international ones that you make a, a connection with and then you have a friend um so it's yeah there's there's it's not good to be to be closed-minded uh about any opportunity we don't think so so far in your career would you say that there's a particular moment or a particular event that stands out to you as being just unbelievably silly or or funny or or very inspirational even obviously you guys are on the voice so that must have been you know an an amazing experience but is there anything else that may stand out, out to you 
A funny one. A couple of funny ones. Uh, this was quite early on again in our um, in our sort of tenure as Rita Payne. Uh, we got offered to play a pub up north, uh, and it, again, it was we'd kind of moved out of the pub scene, but we were told this isn't like playing a pub. This is, you know, this is a this is a pub, but it's one of them ones with a rich musical heritage. So we said, go on, then we'll play. So we turned up, and. The tennis final, it wasn't Wimbledon, it was, an, it was a US Open or something like that, was on telly. And the second we walked in, the woman behind the bar went, hey, you're going to have your work cut out tonight. All these lads have been drinking since yesterday. <laughs> okay, all right, then let's, let's, let's do that. Dread. And we said, um, okay, where, where do we plug in? Plug into what? <laughs> the... We've got a guitar. Where do we plug the guitar into? I don't know. We've got nothing here. Okay. Um, so we played this gig to a pub full of drunk 25 to 40 year olds, right? Blokes, right? Whilst the tennis was Whilst still on. Whilst the tennis is still on, right? And we're playing and playing. We played for an hour. Rhiannon hands are bleeding all across there mm. because we've got no amplification right my oh, mouth no. and my throat is just hoarse right <laughs> and we've obviously because we've never ever played covers the all original stuff and an old bloke came up to us and he says lads <laughs> that one good was it and we said no well we we tried and he goes thing is this pub has got a rich music heritage, right? We don't want songs like you've been playing, right? We want real down-to-earth music, muso songs, like ABBA. <laughs> no word of a lie. No word of a lie. And we were like, oh, okay. Sorry, we, uh, yeah, we'll get Dancing Queen uh, sorted out for next time. So that was... That was, um, yeah, that was quite interesting. Um, another time, um, on stage, <laughs> quite recently, um, I said, do you want to, um, I, said to, I said to the audience, something along the lines of, uh, if you clap along during this song, um, you will get a free Rita Payne hamper, uh, which includes um, a selection of tasteful, artistic, nude photos of Rhiannon. Right? <laughs> Everyone laughed off. <laughs> Come off stage. <laughs> Signing CDs and that, and get a tap on the shoulder. It's this woman, she's about 40, she's got a proper straight hair colour. She looked at me straight in the eye and went, You know what you said about Rhiannon's naked photos? I said, Yeah. She went, That wasn't funny. Ah, <laughs> oh, okay. Um, she went, I find it very, very sexist. Turned her back and walked off. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> she looked at me. Oh, you never guess what this woman just said to me. Um, so, yeah, they were two kind of moments that we were a bit like, all right, don't listen to anybody. That's another thing that we would say. You get so much conflicting advice from everybody. We've been told. Oh, yeah. I'll give, give you some things about whether we've been told. We've been told that our first album is nothing, nothing like we are live and we're better than the first album. We've been told that the first album's better than us live. We need to incorporate 
every element on the first album to our live sound and vice versa. We've been told that Rihanna needs to do more on stage by someone that's never seen us live. Um, we've been told that I need to pick up an instrument. We've been told that Rihanna needs to leave the band, that I need to leave the band. Been, <laughs> all kinds of things, right? We've been told that because um, we play with a band when we do our headline shows, we've been told that you need to play with a band all the time. We've also been told never play with a band, right? <laughs> what to wear? What not to wear? Everyone's got an opinion. Everybody's got an opinion. That's just our parents. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. He's got an opinion, right? <laughs> and my advice, which counts for nothing, but would be, don't listen to anybody. If you think it's going to work, you make it work. Don't you? Don't always accept advice and support. Mm. God, yeah. But ultimately, creatively, <laughs> let your mind take the lead. Take the lead mm. because go with, go with your, with your instincts. You know, you guy. Yeah. You know what feels right. And this is a common theme. This is, I think, all of the interviews we've done so far. Everyone has said. The things that have worked is when they've gone with their instinct, and things that have not worked is when they've gone against their instinct. So yeah. it's yeah. totally, it totally works. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and be happy, enjoy yourselves would be the biggest advice as well. Just have a right good time. So, are you guys ready for twenty questions? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, are you guys ready? I'm so ready. Are you ready? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of. <laughs> okay. And go. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Tea. Meat or veggies? Meat. Meat. CD or vinyl? Vinyl. CD. Summer or winter? Winter. winter. Pizza or potatoes? Pizza. Pizza. Solo or duo? Duo. duo. <laughs> Melody or rhythm? Melody. Rhythm. Sleep or insomnia? Sleep. Sleep. Indie or major? Indie. Rain or shine? Shine. Shine. The Voice or X Factor? Voice! <laughs> Roast beef or Yorkshire pudding? Yorkshire pudding. Susan Boyle or Marilyn Manson? Susan Boyle. Marilyn Manson. Cats or rats? Cats. Cats. Michael Jackson or Michael Bolton? Michael Bolton. Ah. Uh, yes, finally, someone's Twerk said. or work? Work. Ricky work. Gervais or R Ricky Wilson? Gervais. Hot dogs or spotted dick? Hot dogs. Bette Midler or The Riddler? The Riddler? Riddler, come on! Back cave. Now, here's the last one. Go on. Ross or Marcio? Okay. Ross! Marcio. What? <laughs> I see how it is. I lost you guys audio-wise for a second there. <laughs> that's, an that's another run for Ross, isn't it? Oh, no, you got one too. Oh, I got one. Oh, got nice. One. Oh, yeah. I was Ross. I was in Team Ross. Ah. Yeah, See, he knows where he's at. <laughs> so, what's on your iPod these days? What do you guys listen to? Any uh, re music recommendations you can give? 
What, what should people be listening to right now? I think they should be listening to uh, Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros and a uh, glam folk, cabaret folk uh, group called uh, He's My Brother, She's My Sister. Um, I was recommended Devo's Greatest Hits. And although I thought I didn't like Devo, they're kind of growing on me. So, you know, if you want, if you want a grower, go for some Devo. <laughs> Um, if you want like really good music, <laughs> go for Edward Sharp and Manic Zeros, um, or He's My Brother, She's My Sister, or The Old Crow Medicine Show. Those three. Okay, okay. For me, okay. in a minute. Where can people find you guys online? All over. <laughs> no. It's interesting. Yeah, um, so, website, com, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, SoundCloud, Bandcamp, YouTube, everything. This has been, no, this has been really great. It's been a pleasure meeting you guys and uh, learning about your story. And thank you so much for everything you guys shared today. I think uh, our listeners and viewers are really going to enjoy you guys. Uh, thank you very much. I hope so. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Bridge the Atlantic. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave a rating and review on iTunes. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So connect with us on there and let us know what you think of the show. Thanks for being awesome. And we'll see you next week. Stories too, and they're like, "Hold on, that's not what you told me." And yeah, <laughs> yeah. Attention. Yeah. So every, every time, um, but what we what we decided was that every time we were asked that, we'd um, we'd change. We'd take it in turns. We'd take it in turns. But this is what Rhiannon does every time. Um, they say, "How do you how are you called Rita Payne?" And Rhiannon goes, "Pete." <laughs> so I have to then think of a new story. So Rhiannon drops me every time. Um, but so far, our stories have included that she is a. Um, and a waitress from Hong Kong, um, someone that Rhiannon witnessed rescue a baby f- uh, from the cr- jaws of a crocodile. That's a good one. Um, a, geisha. And a geisha girl, mm. and also um, a Aboriginal word for pay. For um, what did I say? It was an Aboriginal word for something. I can't remember. We said we said it was an <laughs> Aboriginal phrase for something. Um, and yeah, so we, we try and make it up really. But the real reason is that it's our first names and our first names of our dads. Really, mm. I love it. <laughs> well, I'm, bl- I'm glad someone does. <laughs> <laughs> so, y- you guys were recently on The Voice? Yeah. It, fe- it, when it was aired last summer, May. was it? Last May, sorry. Right. Yeah, it May. Uh, and then recorded the previous Christmas before then. So, it feels like a lifetime ago. Oh, I bet, uh, yeah. Actually, yeah. Just, uh, just, just over a year ago. It, it was on yeah. yeah. Um, which was exciting mm. at the time. The whole process, we just fell into it. We really, really did just... Total accident. Yeah, we, we didn't really mean to go on The Voice, but we ended up being on The Voice. Yeah, that, that's generally what happened. <laughs> you were just looking for the washroom and you... you know, yeah, <laughs> were these yeah. judges? Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, kept, we just kept... There's a, a load of auditions before we actually get onto the, onto the telly, and we were convinced that we wouldn't get through any rounds. And we kept getting through rounds. And we kept thinking it was like a joke because <laughs> we play a suitcase. Yeah, what happened was a friend of ours um, was had told us that he was auditioning for it, uh, and he's kind of said, yeah, you know, it's, it's in uh, it's in Manchester, the first audition. Uh, if you're not doing anything, why don't you come along and you give it a go as well? Mm. So we thought, yeah, all right, we'll we'll try it. You know, mm. see, you never know who you're going to meet and all the rest of it. So we did, and then as Pete said, we just kind of stumbled through the rounds and ended up uh, in the in the TV studio doing it. Um, which yeah. was incredible. It was, it was incredible. an absolutely yeah. amazing experience, but but we 
felt um, like frauds all the way through. Because we there were people there. Uh, a really good example of, of us sort of not really feeling like we fit in was before you go on to the telly, you get a little a bit of time in a practice booth to do your, do your warm-ups or whatever. And our booth is right in the middle of about four. And all we could hear was like people going, la la! <laughs> the voices like that. And um, there's a piano in there. And we just started starting playing the Grease soundtrack and singing to that. Um, and, yeah. we've, and we've stopped it because we were really getting into it. Like, oh, Sandy, baby. Right, all that, right? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, then we stopped. And we realized that kind of everyone else had stopped. And we were like, oh, oh shit. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so we, we we felt that we were a little bit uh fraudulent being there but we, we were there and it was it was it was good it was really good fun what was it like the, during the actual performance the final performance you guys had difficult actually because of a few things the um monitors just practical things really like the monitors are under the floor obviously because for television everything's got to look slick so the monitors are under there and the when we walk out the the in-studio audience are um they, they sort of get on their feet and applaud you as you come out and combined with that and the monitor being under the floor i couldn't hear we couldn't hear what we were playing at all so it's really difficult to kind of know what where you are and what you were doing um so practically it was quite tough but the whole experience was amazing it was i just it just felt like a wall of noise hitting mm. you in the face and it felt like you were trying to sing against the wall mm-hmm. it was really odd and i remember when they all turned around because obviously none of them turned around Bonus. for the actual performance but at the end they all turn around and tell you why you're rubbish um <laughs> and true they all turned around and i just remember thinking they looked like cardboard cutouts yeah. i remember thinking like you're all there but it still felt like they were on a telly screen. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it was really odd. It was really bizarre, a bizarre thing. I got a kiss for kissing a cuddle from Tom Jones there, so I was pretty you happy did. with that. <laughs> you did, yeah. So, were you so still we, in contact with anyone um, that you met during the process? I, I think I remember there being sort of Twitter conversations going on between you and some of the other contestants. But you still in touch with some of them? Yeah, we um, we uh, only sporadically because obviously. Um, we're all doing different things, but the the one that I would say true friend we made on the voice is that it was Joe Apostle, who mm-hmm. got to the semi final, I believe, mm. um, and he was uh, just the nicest guy. <laughs> just he was uh, just nice. I know you're not supposed to describe people as nice or anything as nice, but he was just nice. <laughs> I can't believe how friendly that guy was, and so humble, and he had the voice of someone that wasn't us. Um, he had just an incredible <laughs> voice and was so humble about it. I didn't realise he had a great voice. No, he had no idea. You know when you, you meet people with true talent and they are... Clueless. There's no ego. And yeah, he had no Clueless idea. Clueless that he was like an absolute vocal superstar. So endearing. But yeah, but, yeah. we keep in touch with Joe uh, every now and again, you know, on uh, on Instagram and on the yeah. rest of it. So, uh, which is, it's lovely, yeah. It is lovely because, like we say, he's the nicest guy in the world. So, So, would you do it again? Um, I don't think so. No, not 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 for any um, other reason that we we've got some good stuff going on. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I, I don't think that we would do it again because, as well, I think we're both believers in in. Well, you've tra- that that path's been trodden. So. Yeah. Yeah. You know, don't 
don't reach retrace your steps. Well, so. isn't insanity doing the same thing, expecting different results? Exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, it's not Einstein thinking. said that, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. Right. Right. yeah. Oh, Marcus, is it? Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Um. So I don't think we. I don't think we do it again. But we certainly wouldn't discourage others from doing it mm. in any way. I'm personally not really into those shows, but I I do have much more respect for the voice because, like you said, it's it seems to be based on just the voice and and hearing it from two people who actually have done it and to hear that you mm. guys had such a great experience because I know people who have gone on American Idol as well as Canadian Idol or America's Got Talent or any of those shows and nine times out of ten it's not a positive experience for them so that's really interesting yeah really cool. yeah really cool yeah so and you guys were also you guys were also commissioned to write the official anthem for Doncaster we were, we were. tell us about that please <laughs> yeah um so I don't really know how that came about um our agent that we had at the time rang us up and said, do you want to write this song? And we said, yeah. So she said, go on then. <laughs> so we did. And uh, that was kind of uh, what happened with that. It, it was, it was a, um, a brand new multi-million pound um, arts centre. Uh, for one, That's also known colloquially as a theatre. I don't know why I said arts centre. Um, a big theatre was opening. Um, in Doncaster, and it was quite big news because um, it was it was arts council funded, and it was yeah. a, a big deal. And they had this big opening, and we was we uh, were commissioned to write the official anthem for the opening. Um, and on the day, it was um, we had a choir behind us and a, and a full band, um, and it was a really really special day. There's thousands of people there, literally. Um, and we just had really good fun doing it, um, and it was it was a really nice experience. Like Pete said, we were, we were given um, given free reign to to teach this choir our our song that we'd created, mm. and we were given the choice of any musicians we want to work with to um, within reason, not within, like right. yeah, Bon Jovi or anything. Paul McCartney like comes out, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, man, you, man, you didn't want Bon Jovi, though, did you? I was busy when he was free. So. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, right. Um, it always happens. Always, right? Oh, no, no. Yeah, because we we done we played Doncaster to death. To death. You know, we played <laughs> pubs and clubs for a good six months, pretty much solidly. Um, and this was kind of the first time, one of the first times that we kind of felt elevated from the the pub scene yeah. to to doing this actually for for a living so it was um that was one of the first steps towards that which was really nice what did that feel like um do you say what what does that feel like what did did that feel like to make that jump to feel like you know now you're you're taking that step up right it it was a, a huge sense of achievement and something i mean pete and i always try and remember what has happened because it's easy to get carried away with things and we try and remember you know the, the things we were doing this time last year or you know yes. just kind of our progress and that was one of the big that was one of the big ones and I think it's just so nice for people to pay for a ticket to come and sit down and actually listen to you and enjoy your music rather than you being a distraction in a pub you know yeah you know you feel like you're <laughs> oh, yeah. You're the pain, you know. You feel like you're the invading their enjoyment of their pub experience sometimes, and and it was just it was just a nice change, a nice breather to have people enjoy our music. Yeah, um, and and it, we we were kind of we couldn't believe really that you know at, at that kind of point because we just 
we just got out of playing pubs and things like that. And it was still one of those times where, oh, wow, people are actually listening to us. You know, people are actually listening to the sounds we make and not talking to their mates about how many puppies the dogs just had. Um, <laughs> so it was really nice to, to, um, to, to do that. And, and yeah, and we, but the thing is that we, what we both do, and, and we've, we've actually discussed this today, we, we kind of don't get our hopes up for anything because right at the beginning we we would get our hopes up daily mm, you know yeah. uh, just just getting a gig at the local pub was massive for us um and we we always say well you know that we we don't want to when we get something good we don't want to you know forget what it what we've been yeah. through to get there so yeah. we um we always try and maintain a certain level of uh of groundedness. Mm. Uh, where, I love, whatever, what, I love what you said because um, <clears throat> I always say as an independent artist, for every thousand setbacks, there'll be one one tiny little thing exactly. that propels you forward. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, like you said, when, you, when you're actually in the moment, it's, it's difficult to see where you've come from until you look back a year or even six months or two years and think about where you were back then and how you would have at that moment, you know, two years ago, couldn't believe to, you'd be where you are now, right? So, I think it's so important. It's so if you, important to do that. Well, for, the, for the first two months of us being Rita Payne, if, if someone had told me then what we'd have achieved by now, I I don't think I'd have believed them. Yeah. I genuinely don't think I'd have believed them. I, I keep all my um, diaries as well. I've kept the diaries for the past two and a half years. Mm. And it's uh, we occasionally have a little look through and see what we've done. And, uh, and it's, <laughs> it's, it's remarkable, really, what we've done in a short space of time. And Absolutely. Really yeah. Yeah. But hopefully there's still more to come. Yes. Oh, of course. <laughs> well, I, I, I believe hard work pays off. And I think, you know, I, I've known you guys for two years, maybe. I think yeah. Yeah, by two yeah. years we worked together. And, and I know how hard you work. So it's really nice for me to see kind of what's going on for you and, you know, and how you've kind of grown since, you know, that, that first day that I met you on Twitter. And, then, and now, you know, things have changed quite a bit yeah. in, in, you know, in a good way. Thank you. Has it been that long? <laughs> I think so. I I, I was I yeah, I Marcy and I, yeah Marcy and I were chatting before and we were trying to figure out how long and I've known Marcio for it'll be around about the same sort of time. I think mm-hmm. I yeah. met Marcio the same kind of time I met you. So yeah, it would be about two years I think, about oh, two yeah. maybe two and a half. Brilliant. Long time. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's crazy. Mm. So obviously now you've released your second album. Mm. You did your crowdfunding campaign. Yeah. Yeah. And I know you you, you exceeded your pledge we did, uh, yeah. target, right? Just about, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was it. That again was one another moment where we thought it, it was really humbling to think that people would help us out. And there were some people contacted us and said, we are not letting you um, miss your target. Whatever it takes, we're going to donate. So you will... Yeah, there's like, there's like three or four people that... Um, How much do you need? We'll give you whatever you need. Yeah, there's three, on the, on the, when it got to the, the deadline, we literally had three or four people, um, so some of which we knew, but some that we didn't, <laughs> saying we've got, we're keeping an eye on the time. Mm. And if it gets to five minutes before the deadline we're we're gonna we're gonna make sure you get your 100% no matter what happens so don't worry we had such support and it was uh, yeah mind-blowing really that's um, just amazing yeah it, definitely yeah yeah I mean 
we we yeah there's no there's nothing really we can say more about that other than it is just incredibly humbling and mm. we're so grateful like unbelievably grateful well i got a question for you guys about the avenue you guys decided to use you went with pledge music i was actually at, i was at a conference i think it was last summer in toronto a mm. music conference and crowdfunding came up mm. and uh the the people that were on the panel were all industry like no musicians they were all industry professionals and each and every just about each and every one of them about five of them went on about why they hated create crowdfunding and you know why don't you just get a job and and support your uh, and i didn't care i just had to tell them i was almost quite i was a bit angry at it i'm like okay first of all this is our jobs like you know yeah. we can't be doing this if we're working a full-time job all the time yeah. you know what i mean yeah and, absolutely yeah and i and i just it, w it was just the idea that they thought it was and they thought it was an artist being lazy and i'm like okay yeah. well, if, if you've got a following if it doesn't have to be a large following but these people like what you're doing and yeah. you know they're willing to just simply give you the money before they get the product just the same as yeah. giving you after but they're giving it to you before so you can go make you know i, I hate to say the product i'm just saying you know make your art you know what i mean in, in a, in a yeah. consumable yeah. way you know why is that a bad idea <laughs> maybe because it hurts it hurts the major music industry the you thing know? is yeah absolutely and the thing is like you wouldn't you wouldn't do it if you didn't have the fans exactly. like you know um we the the reason that we thought about a third album because initially second. the second album sorry, <laughs> uh, sorry yeah. uh, initially when we were when we were talking about the first album we said oh i can't see us releasing an album for another two two and a half years mm. and the actual reason that we released the second one when we did was because people said when's the second album coming out then when's it coming out and we realized yeah it feels strange to say but it felt like there was a bit of demand for it so yeah it certainly really... within our fan base um, there was there was people were saying look we need yeah. we, can, we don't want a second album we kind of came together really naturally right quite organically we yeah. um we didn't set out to to record it uh, no. when we did no. um but our a friend of ours um had been speaking to a producer in sheffield um about us and who was interested to meet us and so we did and then it kind of rolled on from there we didn't we didn't pursue a producer or you know try to start the album or write songs for the album no. it just kind of again it just happened and i think that's the way things happen yeah we just the, 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 our, our fans were saying where's this album then all of a sudden within the space of a month this producer was interested and all of a sudden we had 12 songs and it was oh yeah yeah we should probably do this then um and yeah but going back to what you said Marcia, about the old um the old crowdfunding thing uh, and the jobs like we got together as rita payne because we couldn't get jobs hmm. you know and that that's literally the reason that we're we're here it was because neither of us could get a job I mean, we, we bumped into each other outside the job centre the first time we saw each other in five years. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and when and the reason I think that, as you said earlier, Russ, hard work pays off, like, we've worked so hard to get here. Um, and if we'd have... And like you said, we can't... We can't you can't balance a full-time yeah. salary job with, with this no. job. And it's actually so much more work being an independent artist than like, oh. if I were in an art, like, I work a nine to five, come home and not have to think about work at all. Like, 
Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, but as an artist, it's it's twenty four seven. You go to sleep, you dream about it. Ross knows. You know, you you dream about it. You wake exactly. up. The first thing on your mind is, what do I have to do today? What can I get done today on my yeah. never exactly. ending list of you know things I need to do? Right. Yeah. And you can always find more, and there's always, always. There's always something to do. Yeah. Always. There's always something to do. Yeah. Exactly. But it's not it's not even a matter of complaining about it. Um, it's just a matter of like like we're saying here, as independent artists, you have to utilize these tools that are out there and not everyone has the luxury of unlimited funds and not everyone has the luxury to be able to work nine to five, you know, every yeah, single exactly. day, but and still make your music <laughs> and, exactly. and still promote it and still, you know, uh, do the, do the whole, the whole shebang, <laughs> exactly. you know? So I think, you know, just to wrap that section up, I think that crowdfunding, and I think we're all in agreement here is an amazing thing that if any uh, independent artists are listening right now or watching that are kind of on the fence about it, do it. Absolutely. 100%, 100%, yeah. I think it would surprise you as well um, how many people are supportive of your music because uh, mm-hmm. you know, if you're unsure about doing it I think you'd be pleasantly surprised who has heard of your music and who is willing to help you know, yeah so, exa- uh, totally totally so, I'll go um, for it yeah 100% full steam ahead <laughs> with the uh, crowdfunding awesome so you guys kept something quite secret um, your songs are featured in the new KFC campaign that's right, yeah. And yeah, then so, out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally blindsided us. Um, so yeah, we're, we're incredibly excited about it. Yeah, pretty pleased with that one. Yeah, it's very cool. And it's so cool that it, it kind of came out of nowhere as well. It wasn't you no. chasing an opportunity or anything like that. It was just it, the opportunity came to you. Um, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. You would never think to uh, email KFC and ask to be their sound. You just wouldn't do it, would you? So yeah. it was nice that they found us. Yeah. It seems that... A lot of success seems to come from just being open to opportunities, you know, just kind of putting yourself in a position. I know obviously this was uh, completely unexpected because they searched you online, but you could have been skeptical about it. Or, you know, the the idea is that you really don't know where opportunities are going to come from. So just keep yourself open to it. Keep yourself open-minded, right? Of course, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that when um, when we started out, we uh, we looked at other bands that we liked um, and a band that we've been compared to on several occasions, the Civil Wars. And I remember reading an article with them, and they said, "How did you how did you get on?" And one of the things they said was, uh, "No gig is too small." Um, and I think that that's something that we really kind of uh, embraced. So in the first sort of year of our life, we would play anywhere right anywhere that would have us um and there was a gig that we did which we actually did three in one night um because the main one that we were going to do it was just in a pub in Doncaster it was cancelled um and from that gig in the back room of a pub the guy that produced our first album saw us so if you are we don't say no to anything until we've thought about it because if you say no, that's automatically closing the door, isn't yes. it? Yes. Um, so if you can, if you can, as as a, as an independent artist, can have every single door hmm. that is surrounding you open, an opportunity could come through it. Yeah. Whereas if you if you think, oh, I'm not going to do that. I'm too big for that now, and, yeah. and shut that door, then you don't know you don't know what you're shutting the door on. Um, and as well, I think this is quite important for us. Our music is on so many different websites and different web platforms. 
um, that we, we forget about. Like, so many people said, oh, we heard you on this. Oh, yeah, we did do that, didn't we? We, we, we did put our music on that. Mm. Um, I can't think of any by name other than, like, SoundCloud and YouTube and things like that. But there are so many different, like, radio stations, internet radio stations that get maybe four hits that, uh, that we've submitted our music to over the years mm. that if you, if, you, if you put yourself out there, particularly um, online, then I think the sheer volume of stuff that we have online is why KFC found us. Uh, it seems that... Uh, the success doesn't just come from, you know, being open to opportunities, but spotting the opportunities too. You know, seeing like you're saying, seeing that no gig is too small, um, mm-hmm. seeing the opportunity in a situation rather than, you know, turning your nose up at it or thinking like you said you're too big for something. Yeah. I think that is so important. That that shows, you know, that that keeps you humble. You know, I, I know yeah. you guys will probably relate to this. Other than the odd show. That odd larger show, like you guys spoke about uh, opening the one uh, the one uh, venue, that obviously was an amazing experience. Some of those smaller shows, there's something special about it with very few people, and you know it just ends up having this this interesting energy. And sometimes you actually do better at a show like that than a show with ten times <laughs> the amount of people. You know, definitely, yeah. We played we uh, played our fair share of. Uh, of small small gigs and it's surprising you you play something else maybe half a year down the line and somebody will come up to you after the gig and say you know what i saw you at so-and-so and we and you think there was four people yeah, there. I was just say, yeah. you were one of four people yeah, yeah. You know, and, and that's happened to you so many yeah. times we we say about venues that it's not about particularly where you play it's about the sort of energy that you give off and like We've we've been offered we've we've headlined some places and then subsequently been offered support slots at the same places, and some people may say, well, hang on, but you 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 support you you've headlined there, like why why would you support? Like a backward step. It's like a backward step, but we we completely kind of refute that statement because if if you're if you get the opportunity to play with someone that you've never played before, they're going to bring an audience they've never seen you before. Exactly. Yeah. You know, you can't, you can't be, you can't be um, skeptical about any any opportunity that, that gets you in front of people that are going to watch you and gets you working with people like the, some of the artists that we support, particularly the international ones that you make a, a connection with and then you have a friend. Um, so it's yeah, there's there's it's not good to be to be closed minded uh, about any opportunity. We don't think. So so far in your career, would you say that there's a particular moment or a particular event that stands out to you as being just unbelievably silly or or funny or or very inspirational even obviously right. you guys are on the voice so that must have been you know a, an amazing experience but is there anything else that may stand out, out to you a funny one a couple of funny ones uh this was quite early on again in our um in our sort of tenure as Rita Payne. Uh, we got offered to play a pub up north. Uh, and it, again, it was, we'd kind of moved out of the pub scene. But we were told this isn't like playing a pub. This is, you know, this is a, this is a pub, but it's one of them ones with a rich musical heritage. So we said, go on then, we'll play. So we turned up. And the tennis final, it wasn't Wimbledon, it was, an, it was a US Open or something like that, was on telly. And the second we walked in, the woman behind the bar went, hey, you're going to have your work cut out 
tonight, all these lads have been drinking since yesterday. <laughs> okay, all right then. Let's 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 do that. Dread. And we said, um, okay, where where do we plug in? Plug into what? <laughs> the well, we, we've got a guitar. Where do we plug the guitar into? I don't know. We've got nothing here. Okay. Um, so we played this gig to a pub full of drunk 25 to 40 year olds, right? Blokes, right? Whilst the tennis was Whilst still on. Whilst the tennis is still on, right? And we're playing and playing. We play for an hour. Rhiannon's hands are bleeding all across there <laughs> because we've got no amplification, right? My oh, mouth God. and my throat is just hoarse, right? <laughs> And we've obviously, because we've never ever played covers, the all original stuff, and an old bloke came up to us and he says, lads, <laughs> that one good, was it? And we said, no, well, we, we tried. And he goes, the thing is, this pub has got a rich music heritage, right? We don't want songs like you've been playing, <laughs> right? We want real down-to-earth music, muso songs, like ABBA. <laughs> no word of a lie. No word of a lie. I don't... We were like, oh, okay. Sorry, we, uh, yeah, we'll get Dancing Queen uh, sorted out for next time. So that was, that was um, yeah, that was quite interesting. Um, another time, um, on stage, <laughs> quite recently, um, I said, do you want to... Um, I said, to, I said to the audience something along the lines of, uh, if you clap along during this song, um, you will get a free Rita Payne hamper, uh, which includes um, a selection of tasteful, artistic, nude photos of Rhiannon. Right? <laughs> Everyone laughed off. <laughs> Come off stage, <laughs> signing CDs and that, and get a tap on the shoulder. It's this woman, she's about 40. She's got a proper straight hair colour. She looked at me straight in the eye and went... You know what you said about Rhiannon's naked photos? I said, yeah. But that wasn't funny. Ah, <laughs> oh, okay. Um, she went, I find it very, very sexist. Turned her back and walked off. I was like, <laughs> she looked at me. Oh, you never guess what this woman just said to me. Um, so, yeah, they were two kind of moments that we were a bit like, all right, don't listen to anybody. That's another thing that we would say. You get so much conflicting advice from everybody. We've been told. Oh, yeah. I'll give, give you some things about whether we've been told. We've been told that our first album is nothing, nothing like we are live, and we're better than the first album. We've been told that the first album's better than us live. We need to incorporate every element on the first album to our live sound, and vice versa. We've been told that Rihanna needs to do more on stage by someone that's <laughs> never seen us live. Um, we've been told that I need to pick up an instrument. We've been told that Rihanna needs to leave the band, that I need to leave the band. We've been <laughs> all, all kinds of things, right? We've been told that, because um, we play with a band when we do our headline shows, we've been told that you need to play with a band all the time. We've also been told, never play with a band, right? <laughs> What's wear? What's not to wear? Everyone's got an opinion. Everybody's got an opinion. That's just our parents. Right? <laughs> Everybody has got an opinion. Right? And my advice, which counts for nothing, but would be don't listen to anybody. If you think it's going to work, you make it work. Don't, you don't 
always accept advice and support. Mm. God, yeah. But ultimately, creatively, mm. let your mind take the lead. Take the lead. Mm. Because go, with, go with, your, with your instincts. You know, you, guy, yeah. you know what feels right. And this is a common theme. This yeah. is, I think, all of the interviews we've done so far, everyone has said the things that have worked is when they've gone with their instinct, and things that have not worked is when they've gone against their instinct. So yeah. it's yeah. totally. It totally works. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and be happy, enjoy yourselves would be the biggest advice as well. Yeah. Just have a right good time. So are you guys ready for 20 questions? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, are you guys ready? I'm so ready. Are you ready? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> okay. And go, coffee or tea? Coffee. Tea. Meat or veggies? Meat. Meat. CD or vinyl? Final. CD. Summer or winter? Winter. Pizza or potatoes? Pizza. Pizza. Solo or duo? Duo. Melody or rhythm? Melody. Rhythm. Sleep or insomnia? Sleep. Sleep. Indie or major? Indie. Rain or shine? Shine. Shine. The voice or X factor? Voice. (laughs) Roast beef or Yorkshire pudding? Susan Boyle or Marilyn Manson? Susan Boyle. Marilyn Manson. Cats or rats? Cats. Cats. Michael Jackson or Michael Bolton? Michael Bolton. Yes, finally. Twerk or work? Work. Ricky Gervais or Ricky Wilson? Gervais. Hot dogs or spotted dick? Hot dogs. Bette Midler or the Riddler? The Riddler. Riddler, come on. Back cave. Now here's the last one. Go on. Ross or Marcio? Okay. Ross. Marcio. What? <laughs> I see how it is. I lost you guys yeah. audio wise for a second there. <laughs> that's another. That's another run for Ross, isn't it? Oh no, you got one. Oh, I got one. Oh, got nice. One. Oh, yeah, I was Ross. I was in Team Ross. Ah. Yeah, see, he knows where it's at. <laughs> so, what's on your iPod these days? What do you guys listen to? Any uh, re- music recommendations you can give? What, what should people be listening to right now? I think they should be listening to uh, Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros and a uh, glam folk, cabaret folk uh, group called uh, He's My Brother, She's My Sister. Um. I was recommended Devo's Greatest Hits, and although I thought I didn't like Devo, they're kind of growing on me. So you know, if you want, if you want a grower, go for some Devo. Um, if you want like really good music, <laughs> go for Edward Sharp and Manic Zeros, um, or He's My Brother, She's My Sister, or The Old Crow Medicine Show. Those three. Okay, okay, for me okay. In a minute. Where can people find you guys online? All over. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, so website reachpaymusic.com Facebook Twitter Instagram SoundCloud Bandcamp YouTube everything this has been no this has been really great it's been a pleasure meeting you guys and uh, learning about your story and thank you so much for everything you guys shared today I think uh, our listeners and viewers are really going to enjoy you guys Uh, thank you very much hope so Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Bridge the Atlantic. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave a rating and review on iTunes. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So connect with us on there and let us know what you think of the show. Thanks for being awesome, and we'll see you next week.